Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple mind paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, November 6, 2019. Your host, Frank Arone, here as always. Uh, just getting into November. It's, uh, we had a little frost on the uh, the roads this morning. It made it for a real slow drive into work. Uh, getting that time of year, we made it through Halloween. Uh, I forgot to mention it last week, but my uh, girlfriend carved out a pretty sweet pumpkin that had a roan carved in it that we got out on the front uh, stoop right now. That was pretty sweet. Heading uh, heading towards Thanksgiving and the holiday season, so uh, let's let's go upstairs in Minnesota. Still, let's bring in Crabber. How you doing up there, Crabber? Yeah, like you said, uh, not really liking this cold weather for sure. Kind of just stay in the house most of the day for me, just uh, working working all the time. But uh, yeah, don't uh, don't envy you with that drive and the frost and the cold weather. I uh, one reason I like being in Vegas is definitely getting getting out of that. That's for sure. Oh, it was not just like a skating rink on 94 today. There was probably 15, 20 accidents. And, uh, people are still driving like five, 10 miles per hour. It's pretty nuts. I didn't, I didn't know you knew how to skate. I thought you uh, weren't, uh, weren't able to. <laughs> it might have been quicker to get out and lace up the old skates to get there, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's jump into it and, uh, start off with a little week nine recap. The weekend recap. All right, so how'd you do last weekend, Rob? Yeah, um, just for the sake of the listeners, I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. But uh, I don't know. I guess uh, long story short, pretty much uh, wasn't a good week. Another, I don't even want to say bad week. It was more just a disappointing week from a results perspective. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's it's pretty pretty aggravating. I'm not gonna lie. Almost almost every play I had or every game I had pegged pretty good. <laughs> I, uh, most of my decisions or leans or where I was looking at, uh, was, was pretty accurate. And at the end of the day, you know, you think you should have a good week, but then you look at the end of the results and it was just, you know, one of my worst weeks of the season. So pretty, pretty frustrating. Nothing, nothing, uh, disappointing and frustrating for sure. I think the two words to, to recap last week, uh, I mean, look at that indie game. I think we start with that. I won't belabor that point, but that was probably one of my better picks of the year for sure. And, uh, at least ones that hadn't, didn't win, probably one of my best picks for sure. And it's, uh, just, uh, should have been an easy winner. And just so many things went wrong and sort of di- different terrible breaks in that game. And I know people have gone at, at length at, uh, different media outlets like VEASAN and other radio shows or podcasts. So I won't go, go into it a whole lot, but yeah, just a pretty ridiculous loss there in that Indianapolis game. And then I had some other one, you know, the Chicago game was, they came back and then they ended up, uh, I was just on camera. We were watching. We both had money on the over and, uh, Chicago and boy, I was just absurd the way that broke down. And Chicago kind of climbed their way back there and maybe get over. And then Philly got, I don't know how many, four or five drives in a row on third down and long, a third and 13, like a third and eight, third and seven. It was about four or five consecutive. And 
of course, they get it down to about 30 seconds. And last time Peterson was in a situation like that on fourth and two, he went for it just to seal the game. And instead, they kicked the field goal, meaningless field goal to, you know, to cover and then to cover the point spread, uh, which ended up screwing me. So, whatever. Yeah, I don't want to labor it obviously longer than I wanted to. But, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then I guess he added the Detroit game, too, uh, a deal where they go down all the way and get to the one yard line after. Oakland got one long play to, to get a touchdown instead of just kicking a field goal to, to go up by three, then go up by seven and go all the way down to the end zone and uh, all the way down to the red zone and can't get into the end zone. And, and a deal where I would I was telling you, I think when we were watching it too, that's probably a situation where Detroit's going to go for two, you would think, uh, when they have two meaningless teams. They're not meaningless teams. When they have two teams that are uh, like Detroit, they're kind of being aggressive. So definitely could have been a chance where you know, we're in a win situation either way. But yeah, all in all, all those things, just nothing really worked out. And then I had all, a handful of games that I really liked that I ended up not pulling the trigger on that I ended up with a winning. So, yeah, just across the board, pretty pitiful. It's uh, pretty frustrating for sure. So, yeah, like I said, a little bit longer than I wanted to be. But, uh, yeah, not a good week. How about, uh, how about yourself? Yeah, um, well, I got my, my pick of the week, and I released a two-unit play on that over in the Oakland-Detroit game. So that was – they only ended up getting over by five points, but it got there fairly early. and. Not fairly early, but I mean, it got there somewhat comfortably, and I felt like it was pretty much the the, the right side, and uh, that was nice. But I ended up going one and two, and I uh, missed on the Jets, which was pretty much a loser from the beginning, and then I missed on the Patriots. It was also pretty much a loser from the beginning. Two two road teams land three that uh, just were never really, never really in it. So to sneak out of there with you know not a terrible week. I felt in a weird way it was kind of a win because there's a couple other things. Like, I did like Detroit in that game along with you. Uh, once I got to three, I had some money on that. I did end up putting some money on the Bucks plus the plus six and then some money line. So I got a push on the plus six, but lost the money line in what was basically a coin flip game and at the very least, or at least split that with, uh, unless Seattle makes the field goal like they did and then drives or misses the field goal like they did right at the end of regulation and then drives down the, the field like they're playing against a bunch of ghosts. Uh, and so that was, that was about as frustrating as it gets. And uh, just, yeah, I don't know. The, just as a Vikings fan watching the way they kind of blew that game and a game they definitely should have won. It was just a pretty aggravating week altogether. Even, like I took, I didn't even really like this pick that much, but I took the Browns in a couple contests because they were minus two and a half, uh, which was pretty ridiculous. Just getting a ton of line value there, and then of course they lose the game outright. Even though I didn't love that, it was just a lot of frustrating stuff last week for the most part. So anyway, hopefully we can uh, get back on the the right side of things this week and have a couple more of those coin flippy type games go our way here uh, in the near future. All right, let's uh, jump and do, there's I think one qualifier this week, so let's go ahead and do getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right, so which game qualified this week, Rob, for getting the best of the number? Yeah, just one game. You already mentioned it, the Tampa Bay-Seattle game, uh, open six, Seattle minus six. Earlier in the week, and pretty much just constant uh, Tampa Bay money, not a ton, but yeah, just kind of slow trickle all week down from uh, from six, as high as six, up, uh, down as low as, I'd say the close of anywhere, Seattle four, four and a half, somewhere in there. So either way, it didn't really matter about the closing number, but yeah, like you said, definitely pretty unlucky there for Tampa Bay backers, <laughs> having the Seattle miss field goal, and then I'm going to overtime, and Seattle getting the ball, and going right down the field, and scoring the touchdown to get to six, so. I think in the case there, too, I think it's a little bit more frustrating, like the way it played out, if you would have ended up, you know, 
it would have been, it, it just comes down to too, like getting the number, best number, like we say in this segment, how important it is. And I think that's just so crucial. Um, so it is frustrating the way it ended up playing out, but yeah, exactly. Like you said, you got the six of so having that six is just, uh, you know, it is key that, uh, even if you do like the bet to just kind of, I think uh, me personally, I know that if I make a bet and it would have landed on the number or I would have won if I got a better number at that point, it's hard to, uh, you know, blame the way the game played out or anything else because you had at one point, uh, you know, you're able to make a bet at a certain point and, and win the game. So I think you had a little bit of control. I think the ones that are frustrating is when you, uh, you know, some other things you can't control are out of your hands. So I think that's something to definitely keep note of. But yeah, I think this is a pretty good example here. So the only one that I could find, even though I will note there were probably four, maybe four examples I had that were, you know, pretty close that really could have played end of the number if it just would have shook down a little bit differently at the end of the game. Uh, but, yeah, uh, this is uh, the only one for this segment this week. All right, there we go. Um, yeah, that's, that was one that I you know, personally benefited from, at least getting the push instead of losing like I know I did in a couple contests where the line was plus five and a half and plus five. So that was pretty aggravating to watch that go down, even though, you know, in that you can't pick numbers. It's just the, the numbers are what they are. So it's, uh, yeah, at least – Felt there's a, a slight silver lining watching that uh, go up and smoke. At least get the money back there on that one. All right, let's. Uh, that's enough for week nine. I think we talked about that uh, enough. Let's jump ahead and start it up and uh, get into week ten here. All right. Uh, yeah, I think we're done with the London games. I don't. I was looking at the schedule here. I don't see any more. So I think that. I think that's it for London, unless I missed something. Uh, now we're back to kind of a little bit more conventional schedule. We got the seven early games. And uh, the three late games, along with the uh, Thursday, Sunday, Monday night prime times, and then uh, the teams that are on by this week we got the Broncos, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Redskins, the Jags, and the Texans. So you got kind of a hodgepodge of everything there. You got a couple of really good teams, a couple of not really sure what to make of them teams, and then a couple of uh, bottom feeders. So nice little. A spread of everything there, but uh started off Thursday night, AFC West matchup. We got the Chargers. Uh looks like they're laying one point on the road now, heading to Oakland. Uh took the totals forty nine somewhere there. I see some forty eight and a half, forty nine and a half, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh yep, and this week like I'll do every week, I'll get my power rating number, just strict numbers. And we got the Westgate look headline from Vegas. Um, sharper book there in Vegas, what they uh look headline from the week before, before last week's game was played in week nine. We have the opener, what they actually opened up uh, Saturday, Sunday afternoon, and then as well as what the total opened up. So, yeah, like you said, Chargers at Oakland here Thursday night. My power rating here is a pick 'em. The Westgate look headline was a pick 'em, and the Westgate open here, Oakland minus one, and the total here opened 47 and a half. Um, yeah, a little bit of Chargers money, which uh, not really su- su- super shocked by that. I think, uh, you know, like I said, I think that Oakland win a little last week against Detroit was a little bit phony. I think Detroit was right side. Um, obviously I think getting that three was, uh, should have been more key than it ended up playing out to be, but, um, it, I don't know if I can really downgrade Oakland off of last week, but it's, uh, definitely not going to be rushing to upgrade them for sure. So I kind of let them status quo. And, uh, I don't know, I guess this Oakland team I've been kind of, I'm not, I'm not sure necessarily off on, but I'm just kind of hard to get a gauge for. I, I really don't really, I still really don't trust this team, I guess, is what it comes down to. Um, but, you know, at this same time, you're kind of getting a point spread where they're really not getting much respect again. So, I mean, it's, I think if you look at a value perspective in this game, it's hard to think you're getting a whole lot of value here on the Chargers. I mean, you see that some of these sharper shops are taking up to one and a half or one with some juice on the Chargers. So, 
seems like that's where the way it's going to be bet, um, at least uh, here earlier in the week. And uh, I don't know. This one, this one's kind of tough for me on the on the side perspective. It's just uh, I feel like Oakland, you're getting a little bit more value, but the, I'm not really a team I'm really looking to back right now. Obviously, I bet against them last week and betting on Detroit against Oakland. But I think this Charger team, they've won two games down in a row. They've had a really good, convincing win against the Packers. So I know people are going to say that uh, the Chargers are back. And uh, that's kind of what they do is have a late uh, late season run like we see almost see the last several years here with Philip Rivers. So I don't know. I think, like I said, I don't really have a whole really good feel for this game. Originally, I wanted to bet this game Oakland on the side, but the more I thought about it and looked into it and thought about it, it just uh, I just I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get there. But uh, I think it will be interesting because I think it is it turned into being a pretty bad game maybe a few weeks ago or earlier in the season to being a pretty good game now or at least a competitive game that'll be interesting to see you know, what happens and have some playoff uh, implications. One thing I will say here about this game is I have bet it already. Uh, it's a total over. I feel like there's some value here on the over. I just really don't like that Oakland defense. I feel like they're uh, <laughs> able to give up points in bunches. I think the Chargers, uh, they're getting a little bit healthier on offense with the offensive line. I think Rivers is getting a little bit of a group. I think they're going to have some more confidence and be able to throw the, field, the ball downfield. And I think Oakland's offense, I think if anything, uh, if they're going to cover the spread, I think if they're going to put up points on offense. I mean, that's the thing I'd worry about the most is uh, is basically – is Oakland going to be able to put up point or not? Is Oakland's defense how they're going to play? Because I mean, like I said, or not the Oakland. Sorry, excuse me. I think the Chargers' defense. I think they're the biggest, uh, you know, question mark in this game. Because I feel like the Oakland's defense is decently weak. I feel like the Chargers' offense is, you know, fairly strong, and the Oakland offense is fairly strong. So, like I said, I think that Chargers' defense is the hardest thing for me to handicap. And uh, I think, for like I said, I think the over here is the way to look for sure. So yeah, I got over a little bit better number sitting at now. I think still think there's some value at uh, looks like 49. Uh, and you could still get a 49 at some some offshore shops. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take over 49 here in this game. Yeah, as you took the words right out of my mouth, I was pretty much going to say the same thing. I mean, obviously I was on the Oakland over last week, and there's a couple teams like that, Oakland being one of them, that I'm just looking to play overs as long as they're not up against dead nut under teams. And the Chargers, even though the, the last couple scores have been a little bit lower scoring, I know you were on the over pretty heavy last week against the Packers, and that was – Basically, just never. It was pretty much dead from the beginning. They only ended up scoring 37 points. But the Chargers, there's a little bit their defense playing good, but it just seemed like the Packers just were out of sync and didn't really, didn't really come to play. And the week before, the Chargers were in that 17-16 game against the Bears. And the week before, it was a 23-20 game against the Titans. And then even the week before, the Steelers, you know, 24-17. So there's all these low-scoring games. But when you look at all those teams they've been playing, it's been a lot of uh, just, you know, lower scoring, just kind of ugly teams that they're kind of getting in these little, you know, rock fights with, where I think I think the Chargers against a Oakland team that can't play defense whatsoever but can get points on the board, I think they'll definitely play more to their competition here and uh, move the ball up and down the field a little bit, and, and uh, but at the same time be a little bit susceptible to getting scored on. Uh, not, it's not like a, a perfect uh, – like an example, because the Chargers have been banged up throughout the season. But if you look at DVOA, their offense is ninth in the in the league, and their defense is 26. And so, even though it hasn't totally translated to the scoreboard, I think they are. They just feel like an over team to me, or at least neutral at worst. And I think Oakland, you know, they're fifth in offensive DVOA and 29th. So you're talking about two top 10 offenses here against two of the bottom six defenses in the league. Uh, I, I just think it definitely sets up for points. Uh, the, I, I do agree. The only 
um, somewhat worrisome component is the Chargers' defense because I think they do have a higher potential than being 26 in the league, like the DVOA suggests, when they are healthy. Uh, and then from a side, I kind of went through the same thought process. I, I think the Chargers are a better team, and I, I think they're going to win the game. So I, I think I, I could justify betting them. But, yeah, from a value perspective, the way the teams have played so far this year, it's not like you're catching any value by jumping on the Chargers here before anybody else does. Um, yeah, I think that the fact that they're being priced here as a one-point road favorite, it's just kind of kind of tough to fully jump in when you got the craziness of a Thursday night game and, and Anthony Lynn laying points on the road. There's just <laughs> a few factors here that make you a little bit hesitant to uh, to, to fully dive in. But I I lean towards the Chargers, but I do agree with you that I think the uh, the over is probably my best my favorite play here in this game. All right, on to Sunday. Like I said, we got the seven early games. First one, we got Kansas City heading to Tennessee. Um, I don't know, are these stale numbers? Are there numbers out here with Mahomes still in question, or what are you saying here? Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure their numbers are are, uh, are active. I can look here quick, but yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they're all good. Uh, it looks like Mahomes is going to play, judging on these numbers. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit banged up, but yeah, I think these are uh, at least for the books that posted. I, I don't think they're afraid to take some action on it right now. What uh, what are you seeing here? I see. Yeah, I'm seeing, it's pretty much five and a half, six is what I'm seeing. So, um, like I said, I'll check that here while I'm, while I'm doing it. I'm pretty sure they're, uh, they're open. And then, like I said, that number, all those numbers suggest Mahomes is playing. And yeah, like, yep, yeah, I, I do see a few books here that have it. So, um, but yeah, I'll just get into the game here. Yeah, my power rating number, Kansas City, four and a half. Look head line, uh, there was no line, obviously, with Mahomes in question. And the Westgate opened. Kansas City three and a half. And then the total here opened 48 and a half. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into this game a whole lot. I think it is, it is tough because you're still uh, like it's pr- pr- pretty obvious that the books assume that uh, Mahomes is going to play, and especially these offshore books that uh, are going to take a big hit. They're not going to throw up numbers until they are pretty confident in uh, who's going to be starting. So I think you got to take that as you know pretty much like he's going to be playing. I think the thing you have to handicap or the thing you have to figure out is how healthy he's going to be. And yeah, you know, for me personally, I just I, I don't know. It, it's I'm only going to look one way. I guess it's going to be either Tennessee for me or pass, especially after Kansas City playing these. Uh, last two weeks and really tough uh, NFC North opponents, uh, obviously winning outright last week against the Vikings and then playing really tough on in prime time against uh, that Packer team. So, and then now this Tennessee team, I think uh, I, I bet against them hard last week. That was my one win I had actually was uh, on Carolina, and I think Carolina dominated that game for the most part. And I think even that final score is maybe a little bit misleading, but I just didn't really like the spot for Tennessee, and I thought they were a little bit overvalued. And I think you kind of um, as you can see, I think are maybe getting a little bit, uh, you know, devalued in the marketplace after that one loss last week, which again, I think Carolina's are a top, you know, top 10 team. So it's hard for me to really, you know, top 12 or something like that. So it's hard for me to put too much fall to Tennessee. Like I said, I bet on Carolina last week and just felt like it was a pretty good spot. So I don't know. I think Tennessee plays close games and, uh, tight games. And I think that defense is still capable of, uh, you know, playing okay. And, and then Tannehill, I think, is still an upgrade from Mariota. So, I mean, I think, uh, you know, six points, I think, is worth a look. And on Tennessee, I just don't know if I can get there because I, I am I am pretty low on this Tennessee team. But, like I said, I think the market's even got a little bit lower. So, yeah, Tennessee or pass for me. Yeah, I don't I don't love it, but I, I would definitely lean towards Kansas City. I just – I'm really out on Tennessee. I, I agree the markets aren't high on them either. But they're just not nearly as good as their four and five record suggests. I mean, you just look at it. Last week, yeah, they lost to the Panthers by 10, but and they almost came back and backdoored it, which would have been disgusting because they just got absolutely 
destroyed in that game. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised with my week last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the week before, they had that win 27-23 against the Bucks, but that was a deal where the Bucks just thoroughly outplayed them, except for Jameis had, I think it was five turnovers, or four or five turnovers, whatever it was. And uh, I think we we disagreed on that one, and I had kind of liked Tennessee a little bit there, and even though they got the win, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, and it wasn't due to them. It was definitely more to the Bucks just shooting themselves in the foot. And the week before that, they had that really lucky last-second win against the Chargers where the Chargers fumbled the ball off the goal line. And, you know, you'd say, well, they hung with them even though even if they would have scored that, they only would have lost by three or four points. But I still wasn't super impressed by that performance. And the week before was when I had them as my best bet against uh, the Broncos, and they went on the road and were just awful. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess Tannehill's kept them competitive somewhat, you could say, the last few weeks. So maybe they will be able to, to, to keep it somewhat in check, but I just think if Kansas City's clicking at all, they should just absolutely blow the doors off the Tennessee team. I just, I'm not impressed whatsoever. So I, with the the question marks of Mahomes' health and, and are they just going to try to go in there and just get the win or are they going to go in there and, you know, try to put up a ton of points and get everybody on all cylinders and, and uh, really make a statement, or they just, if Mahomes is hobbled at all, they're going to pull him right back out and just kind of sneak by this game with Matt Moore. Uh, there's enough question mark there where I don't think I'm really going to bet Tennessee much. I mean, uh, bet Kansas City much, but I just really don't have any interest at all in backing this Tennessee team uh, in the near future unless I see a little bit, uh, a little bit more signs of life from them in terms of their their offense is just so just non-explosive. It's it's just really hard for them to score any points. So if they if they fall down this game early to Kansas City, I mean, it's almost rip up your ticket time. And uh, it's just not really a team I want to have a whole lot of money on here. So probably pass for me, but I would, I would lead Kansas City. All right, next game we got uh, Buffalo heading to Cleveland. Looks like Cleveland here is uh, about a three-point home favorite with total of uh, 40. Yeah, my power rating here, Cleveland one and a half. Look headline, Cleveland two and a half. Westgate open, Cleveland two and a half. And the total you're open, 42 and a half. Um, yeah, I was a little bit, a little surprised by this where the money's going on this game. I, I kind of expected some Buffalo money to come in. So the fact that Cleveland's taking money has kind of shocked me. Um, it kind of got to three across the board and we've seen a little bit of buyback on Buffalo. But yeah, I kind of sit in that pocket two and a half to three. And I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, me, not me personally, but a group I, I bet against Cleveland last week, and I didn't really like the bet last week. I actually like Cleveland myself. I just never bet it. That was uh, one of the few games that I would have been wrong on last week, and uh, I don't know. I, I think Cleveland was the spot last week for Cleveland to show was last week. Uh, or the spot for Cleveland to show was last week, and the fact that they came out, and I think they, I think the score was maybe a little mis- misleading. I think the stats would show that they had you know moved the ball some success, but. In, I think they just pretty much just shot themselves in the foot, but it's, I mean, at this point, like, how many times are you going to say, all right, the coaching and the, you know, the good players, they don't just jive together. I mean, at one point you're going to say it's just that's how the team is and they're just not going to succeed. I don't know if that's going to change here. So, um, just kind of hard for me to keep chasing with Cleveland. Like I said, I think the, the markets are valuing and then you look at the look headline and now they're getting a bump after and getting taken money. It's the markets are expecting, you know, kind of a bounce back spot here again, but it's like, like I said, how many times are you going to expect that for Cleveland? I think that was last week. So, um, to me, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, kind of not, not almost done with Cleveland here. I just don't know if I can back them until they show me something. 
kind of got to that uh, range with them. And I think Buffalo, I think obviously everyone's going to say the same thing. They play good against uh, lower lower tier competition and they play bad against the, the upper tier. But I mean, the only good good team they played really has been, uh, I think, what, they played the Patriots and then they played uh, Eagles. the Philadelphia the Eagles. Yeah, and then the Eagles, uh, they, they didn't look good. So that's what everyone's going to you know have their last taste in their mouth is that Philadelphia game. And for me, like I said, I said it after it happened and, and all, all that. I was on Buffalo. I just said that the weather, I think, had a big a lot to do with it, a big part of that. So I think Buffalo played better here. And, and I think, uh, I guess I'm not really high on Buffalo, but I just I just don't think this Cleveland team really deserves uh, to be laying, uh, laying three, especially if I don't really give their home field full three points right now. So if you give it a little bit less than three, I mean, you're basically saying Cleveland, in my eyes, is a better team. Uh, I, I just don't really get that. I don't really trust that right now, and I think Buffalo, um, like I said, not a huge play, but I think that's the only way I could look if I do get to the window, and especially if it takes uh, if Cleveland gets bet up anymore. But I, like I, I would think it'd take uh, Buffalo money before Cleveland more, more more Cleveland money comes in. Yeah, he pretty much took every note I was going to hit on. I just, I, I was not for, like I was a couple of weeks ago. I, I, we both thought that Buffalo's line stood out against the Eagles when they were laying less than a field goal at home. And I, I think, I, I think that was my pick of the week. And I, I was just from the beginning was pretty much dead. And maybe that's going to happen again here, but, but I just, I don't know. I don't see Cleveland. I've kind of kept waiting for them to come around and, like you, I guess I didn't bet on it personally last week either, but I had them like in that one contest, like I said, just laying the two and a half, and and it just seemed like okay, they came off games where they could have beat the Seahawks at home, and then the, the Pats was kind of a weather game where they actually hung in there halfway decent, and they're like, all right, this, and then against the Niners team, you can obviously forgive them for. So like, all right, well, here's a pretty good bounce back spot against the Broncos and a backup quarterback, and here's where they kind of get right and blow out a team, and people start to say, well, maybe that Cleveland's not too bad. And do that whole bit, and then they just came out fairly flat and just didn't look good really at all uh, throughout that whole game basically against Denver. And to me, it was just pretty alarming. I don't know, maybe you know, all of a sudden here's a huge bounce back, strong effort, but I just don't see it. I just don't know how you can like really think highly at all of this Cleveland team. Like you said with the coaching, they just there's penalties galore every week. You know, Mayfield looks like his confidence is just shot, and he doesn't make great decisions, and he's been, like, a lot of his throws have been sailing and just not on the money. Uh, and then the, and their defense, the one guy was tweeting crackers, you know, calling people crackers on Twitter, and then he got uh, released the next day. And it just seems like that whole team is just an absolute mess. So I agree. I think Buffalo's overrated. They're not as good as their 6-2 and two record. And I guess I shouldn't say overrated, but I think they're not as good as their six and two record. And, but even if they are just like a 500 team, which I think is probably about what they are, you know, should be, I still think that they should, shouldn't be considered equal or like you said, a tad bit worse than Cleveland. There's no way Cleveland's that underrated here. I just, I just don't see it. I just think they're an absolute mess and. Maybe with their talent, they'll figure it out with a new coach, and, you know, a new line or what have you in the, in the years coming up. But I just don't see how they're going to turn around this year and become a more respectable team. So I like Buffalo a decent amount. And when some, not something I go crazy, I'm not going to make my pick of the week again this week. But uh definitely think there's a little bit of value there. Take take the three, take take a little money line. And uh yeah, you, you'll definitely have a more enjoyable time betting against Cleveland than betting on Cleveland. That's kind of what I've found out so far this year. All right, next game, uh, we got Arizona heading to Tampa. 
Looks like Tampa's a four and a half point home favorite here with a total of fifty one and a half, fifty two. Um yeah, my power rating here, Tampa Bay minus five. Look at line, Tampa Bay five and a half, Westgate open, Tampa Bay six, and the total open fifty three. Uh, I mean, for me, there's only one way I'm going to bet this game. I think it's I'm going to look at Tampa Bay or pass, and obviously this number is a little bit higher than I would have hoped. Uh, you know, nice to get like three and a half or less. Um, obviously, it's pretty easy to say just looking at the number, but, you know, honestly, when I'm doing my number, that's what I was saying to myself. If I get it under four, that's kind of my buy price, and uh, you maybe saw a few fours even now. You can find some in Vegas, but it's just, uh, you know, not a game I get in the love. I might have a little bit of money at, at four if I get that, but Four and a half is a little bit too maybe, tiny bit pricey, but I mean, like I said, that's the only way I'd look. I just this Arizona team, I think nothing else has been pretty impressive to me. They've been covering point spreads, they've been in games, and they've been able to get their offense clicking. Um, I think the, you know, like I said, they can then kind of throw the ball downfield. Murray kind of keeps drives alive for him, uses his legs, and and, and makes some throws when he needs to. But I, I just don't think uh, this Tampa Bay team, I think, is maybe I don't know. Uh, a little bit tough to gauge, but I think they've been kind of taking the, getting the short end of the stick on a lot of these games. Uh, like you said with that, uh, sorry, the, what game am I thinking of? Uh, Tennessee, when we mentioned earlier a few weeks ago, I mean, they should have won that game with that fumble that was over, not overturned, but the blew the whistle, errant whistle there, and a lot of different things went wrong, like you said, against Tennessee, and then last week against Seattle, staying pretty tight with them, and, I mean, obviously, like we know with, with Tampa Bay, it comes down to Winston, is he gonna make mistakes, and last week we saw a good Winston, and, they really make a whole lot of mistakes, but I feel like an Arizona defense that isn't that great. I think Tampa Bay's able to put points up on the board. So I, yeah, I looked at the Tampa Bay side here, but another bet that I like more, I kind of found a little square maybe this podcast. But yeah, looking at the over, I'm going to be, uh, it got down to 51, which I was really surprised. And I was kind of waiting because I was going to bet it. That was offshore, uh, some sharper shops down to 51 as of earlier today. But then the, today there's been some money here back on the over and I was kind of hoping it would go a little bit lower. So I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit for not taking the 51 because I don't think we're going to see those again. Um, but you know, even at 52, you're gonna lose a little bit of a uh, uh, considered value. But yeah, I still think I think this game has a good chance of blowing over this total. Like I said, I think Arizona's gonna put some points up, and we see this every week with Tampa Bay. Then you, you saw it against Seattle there in, in overtime. How you said ghost uh, in the earlier segment, but yeah, that that defense is pretty weak. So I think there's gonna be a lot of points on the board here, and uh, I'll, I'll look at Tampa Bay on the side. Yeah, I, I like Tampa as well. I just I think they should have beat Seattle last week. They and they should have beat Tennessee the week before. And whereas with Tennessee, it was just a Winston blow up last week. It, it, well, that wasn't the case. He had that one weird thing where he just kind of slipped out of his hand. But other than that, uh, he, he played pretty good. So who knows? Maybe he'll fall back and then this week he'll be awful again. But I just, I don't think that's too likely to be the case. I, I think he'll be able to have a decent amount of success against Arizona and Arizona, like, if you just look at their games the last handful of weeks, it looks pretty impressive. They had that three-game winning streak. And then against the Saints, they were just not competitive and got blown out. But then you say, oh, the Niners, you know, undefeated Niners. And, yeah, they did lose by three, but they came out right away and scored a touchdown against them. And then they basically got dominated for most of the game until garbage time last week. So even though the score was close, it's like a Thursday night home game, interdivision deal, and it's still – wasn't all that impressive to me. So they've they beat the little sisters of the poor, the Bengals, the Falcons, the Giants. You got to give them credit for that on some level. But I still am not overly impressed at all with uh, with Kyler Murray or or Arizona in general. So I think Tampa is they're they're you know at two and six. They're probably not uh, 
necessarily thinking they can still make the playoffs, but at the same time they played real hard last week against Seattle, and I think I think they if they have a similar effort or even close, I think they should win this game pretty easily against Arizona. So that's definitely the way I'm looking. Uh, I think I like Arians a little bit better at coach. I like Winston's upside a little bit better than Kyler Murray's right now. So I, I'm thinking that, and then the fact, yeah, you're you're laying four or four and a half or what have you, but I don't think that's too too out of control. So I, I think I would look towards uh, towards Tampa here. Next game we got the the battle in New York. You got the Giants against the Jets. The Jets are technically the home team, but uh, the Giants are two and a half point favorites here at the Meadowlands. Forty three and a half is the total. Yeah, my power rating here: Giants minus one and a half. Look headline: Jets minus one and a half. And the Westgate, uh, kind of interesting here the way that this one went, but it opened a pick 'em and then quick money went all the way to got it up to Giants at three. Then they took it off the board for the Monday night game, and then it reopened two and a half minus one twenty. And this is at the Westgate, just uh, following the betting trend there. And the total here opened forty three. So um, I think this is a pretty interesting game, even though it's a you know, bottom of the barrel, two teams that uh, have no you know, playoff implications or anything. But I think it is a, a kind of an interesting game just to kind of follow and see. Like you said, I mean, this is the Giants, but the, they, they played the same stadium, the one we were at uh, several weeks ago when we were in New York. And I don't, I don't really know how you would – this has got to be pretty unique. I don't know how often this happens, but I don't know how you really classify home field. I don't really know how you give the Jets more of a home field than the Giants. Um, I think it's just but, they get the better locker, the home locker room, and that's about it. Yeah, so it's – I mean, I, I, that's what I guess it comes down to. How do you, you know, quantify that? I guess maybe a, a half a point or a point, if anything. But, yeah, it seems pretty minimal at most. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so me personally, I didn't really factor in a home field a whole lot here, but I think that being said, I think, you know, I see two and a half. Um, I mean, I don't know, not a game rushing to bet, so I won't uh, get into it in too much detail, but yeah, it's, uh, to me, it's just going to be a, a Jets or pass. I think Jets are buying really low here, and it's just, uh, it's going to be tough to get the window with a lot of these bets when you bet on these bad teams where most of the value lies in the NFL. It's going to be hard to make these bets, but. Um, yeah, the Giants have looked you know, somewhat capable at times, but uh, the Jets uh, in the last few weeks have just looked dead, and especially losing to a one of you know, the worst team in the league, supposedly on paper uh, with Miami, and, and get, going down there and getting beat last week. They're going to be at the rock bottom, you know, as opposed to uh, support and, and backing. So, yeah, the only way I could look just from a value perspective is looking at the Jets. Yeah, as you see that that picture last week of Gase on the Jets sideline where he was sitting by himself on the bench, and I wasn't a player anywhere near him. No, I didn't see it. It was like everybody was saying it's like a perfect encapsulation of the Jets season. And to someone who's bet on them, what, four weeks in a row now since Darnold's been back, um, I can I can second that. That's kind of the way I felt sitting down in the basement watching the games was, was the Gase there sitting on the couch by himself with his head down. Um, I mean, last week I came out with a play against the Dolphins just thinking, okay, they're only three against a team that a lot of people were saying is historically bad. And that didn't work out. And then uh, against Jacksonville the week before, catching seven when it got there, I'm like, okay, that's too much against the Jacksonville team. It's just not that capable offensively as we saw last week. And, of course, they kind of hung around and they didn't cover there. And then the past the week before, they did get absolutely demolished. I think we were both on them on Monday night at home. And I did actually catch the first week back with Darnold against the Cowboys in that bizarre game that even though they won me that game, it probably cost me more money because I kept looking back to that. So I. After last week, I think I'm finally giving up on the Jets. It just it gets to the point, like we've talked about, it's not real late in the season, but you're getting there with certain teams where it's like 
yes, they're bad and they don't have as much talent as other teams, but are they even putting forth the requisite amount of effort at this point? It's just, it's hard to say. I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm like actively looking to bet against them because obviously the markets are going to be very low on them as well, but it's just a team that I've, I've been banging my head against the wall saying they got some talent and I think Darnold's a little bit undervalued, uh, how much of a upgrade he was from Falk, but it just really hasn't panned out a whole lot. And like you said, the Giants have looked better at times, but a couple of times I've tried to back the Giants. They haven't, haven't done too well for me either. So I know I, we, me along with a lot of people are on them against the Giants or against the Cardinals at home a few weeks ago. And that in a similar price range here, and that didn't work out well at all. So I would, I would lean Giants just because they've shown some flashes of being a competent team in the last month, but uh, not a game that I have a whole lot of interest in putting money on or uh, or really watching, to, to be quite frank. So I'll just go on to the next game. Uh, we've got the return of Matt Ryan and the Falcons heading to New Orleans uh, off a of bye. Uh, New Orleans is a 13-point home favorite here, the total of 51.5. Yeah, my power rating here, New Orleans 13.5. Look headline, New Orleans 13. Westgate open, New Orleans 13.5, and, and the total here open 50.5. Of course, uh, first thing to note here, both teams coming off buys, so you don't really get a, a, a look there much at all. But, um, yeah, this is a game I'm really not too interested. I mean, it, obviously for me, it's I'm not going to lay this many points with any team almost uh, pretty much across the board uh, ever, but uh, except for in rare, rare circumstances. But I think I think uh, this would be a, a type of deal where I think New Orleans is getting priced like, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL, and Atlanta is getting priced like one of the bottom feeders. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think you kind of, if nothing else, get a free roll here. Uh, I wish you'd get a 14, so I don't know if that you'll actually see it, but just uh, from a value perspective, 14 being a key number. But, um, I think it'll be interesting, especially with Matt Ryan back in the in the fold. I think he's uh you know definitely can is a lot more capable, and uh, as long as he's healthy. And I think especially look at a division game like this, and then you know like I said, New Orleans come off a bye too, but I think Atlanta come off a bye is gonna be more helpful just to get him healthier and and everybody else. And those teams that aren't too good coming off a bye seem like they're a better bet as opposed to the the teams that are rolling and going into the bye. So I don't know. I think there's some indicators that do point to Atlanta here, but not a bet I'm. A huge bet I'm looking to make, but I think that'd be definitely the only way I'd look here, and not just uh, a lean, but maybe something uh, worth a small wager. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it lands worth with a little nibble. It's. I just think that with Ryan back and the fact they're one and seven, and I, even though they haven't been great, I don't think they've totally quit. Like I know a couple weeks ago, Julio gave that speech about how they got to play for Quinn, and they're the reason he's going to get fired and all that. And I don't think it's a thing where they hate the coach and they're going to try to prove a, prove a point by totally rolling over and, and getting smoked week after week. So I think they're actually trying. They just don't have a ton of talent. And on the flip side, I think New Orleans is pretty good. They obviously have a real good defense. But the, I don't think their offense is, like, transcendent like it was a few years ago. And and they just kind of seem like a grinded-out interdivision game here, but both off the bye, so... I think Atlanta's going to be putting like a lot into this game, whereas I think New Orleans is just going to try to, you know, business trip at home and just get the job done and move on to the next week. So when you're talking about this price range of the games, any let's say even a little bit competitive, you're looking great with a 13, obviously, and and even if you're down 17 late or 20 late, you can still potentially backdoor it here. So I, I definitely agree with you. I think Atlanta's worthy of a of a little bit of a bet. All right, next game we got Baltimore heading to Cincinnati. 
Uh, Baltimore, 10-point road favorite here, the total of 44.5. In my power rating here, Baltimore minus 10.5. Look at line, Baltimore minus 10. Westgate open, Baltimore 9.5. The total of the year open, 46. Uh, I don't know, this uh kind of redundant, but pretty much the same handicap from uh, the last game. I mean, you look at the similar stance other than the underdog being at home, but um I think it's a, a pretty similar handicap here. I think Baltimore is getting rated pretty high here. They're, they're power rated pretty high and obviously having that huge win against New England looking really impressive and all that stuff. And you could just tell that they were pretty motivated and, and super focused on that game and they, and they were coming off a bye themselves. And we saw that and kind of like Andy Reid, Harbaugh is really good off the bye. So I think this is a, a game where, you know, that they weren't really looking at, have weren't really game plan for or anything. And then on, on the opposite hand, you have Cincy coming off a bye as well. Um, this week, so or going into this week, so then you know they should be focused. And it's a divisional game, and they got a new quarterback at the helm. I think, I don't know, I think there's some some reason here to to have some 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 faith here on at Cincy, and especially when they're haven't won yet, a winless team. Um, I know they're just stat that I've heard a few times uh, podcasts I listened to the last few days about winless teams coming off a of bye. How that's a really profitable proposition, which makes sense. So you know, looking at that that trend and just looking at the. The game as a whole, just a divisional game. I think a lot of a lot of factors here point to Cincinnati. So I mean, getting anything uh, ten or more, which uh, you know pretty much the whole market's at ten. It's uh, I think it's definitely a pretty solid wager. So I'll definitely have some money here on Cincy. If, if nothing else, a small bet, uh, depending on where the market goes before kickoff. But yeah, definitely I think Cincy's the, the way to look here, at trying to fade the the big Baltimore win. Yeah, I, I agree. If this if this were Dalty's quarterback still, I would absolutely love Cincy because I just think Baltimore is gonna. Being a natural letdown spot, and it's, and I think this is just a home run spot for Cincy. My worry is this Finley kid from NC State. I don't know anything about him. Uh, he's a fourth round pick, but I don't know if he's going to be good, bad, atrocious. You know, who knows? Who knows um, much about him? So I just, I'm not really sure. It's one of those things where it could be a home run spot and a great bet, and if he goes out and throws a couple pick sixes, it might. You might be dead real early, so um, I don't know. I, just, I feel like this is a deal where if he comes out and is respectable for a couple of weeks, I'll look back and say, "Boy, what a great bet that was taking ten or anything more." Uh, but if he comes out and he's atrocious, like a lot of rookies can be, then it's like, well, maybe it wasn't even enough, even though it seemed like value at the time. So I agree, lean Cincy, but probably won't get involved until uh, I'm kind of a wait and see with, with these young quarterbacks. Um, all right, last of the early games, NFC North battle, Detroit heading to Chicago. Looks like the Bears are laying two and a half here at home with a total of 41 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Chicago minus three. I know what headline was available. I'm not really sure why, if it was something to do with, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not really sure, I guess, Stafford related or not, or maybe the question mark for Chicago. Uh, the Westgate yeah. open. Westgate open here, uh, Chicago minus three, and then uh, the total here open, 43.5. Um, yeah, not a, not a game really looking to to bet a whole lot. I mean, I was, I was kind of surprised this number got up to three. I, when I was making my numbers, I was putting that two, two and a half range. I just didn't really know how you make Chicago a full three here. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit over overvalued here on Detroit. But the, and then, of course, here you know, the markets have, have uh, adjusted. I mean, you've seen some money on Detroit at three, and um, even even uh, those extra two and a halfs on Chicago got bought up. So yeah, we're pretty much for the most part seeing two and a half across the board uh, flat, and uh, or even reduced juice on Chicago. So yeah, some, definitely some Detroit money here, which um, I, I like at three, kind of like last week, pretty much the same. I liked it at three a lot, but anything less than three, I just 
I think, you know, it's just betting the numbers, obviously. I guess it doesn't really, not very informative or not very, um, you know, too, too ridiculous of a handicap. But yeah, to, to me, I think this is kind of just a coin flip game that should be, uh, you know, if it's two and a half, you take the Chicago side and uh, hope that the defense can hold and Trubisky won't, will do something on offense, unlike he did last week in the first half. Um, but yeah, to, 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 if you get to three, I think Detroit's the place. So yeah, I guess all in all, to me, it's, it's a, Fairly easy pass at this number. I just uh, the only way I can look here would be Chicago taking a lay in the points here at home. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like like you should be on Chicago here. Um, I mean they're off four straight losses and and uh, you know so maybe maybe not, but I mean their their losses have been to the Eagles, Chargers, Saints, and Raiders, who aren't great, but they're like I don't think any of those teams are worse than the Lions, and I just. Like, like we were banging our heads against the wall last week being on the over. Cause I didn't release it, but I was on the over and I had some Chicago too with you. And, or at least I'm in contests and stuff. And the fact that the Bears kept running, like, run, run on first and second down and like a bubble screen on third down and then punt. And they're just, yeah, Trubisky's not great, but it's like, come on, Nagy, you know, do, try something. And then they, in the second half, they finally came on, they started bombing it downfield and, I, I think it worked at like a 50% success rate. It was ri- ridiculous. And a couple times it didn't. I know Allen Robinson had one hit him right on the hands. It was just a bomb. So I don't understand why Chicago's offense isn't. You try some screens and do some stuff with, with Cohen, but then basically take a shot almost once a series deep and, you know, maybe draw a pass interference. Maybe you complete it, whatever. At least try to keep the defense honest a little bit instead of just having everybody cloud the line and, and just, have no threat whatsoever being beat over the top. And once they did that, they actually started having a little bit of success. So if Nagy can figure that out and, and actually do that, I think, uh, and their, their offense even gets back to slightly below average. I, I absolutely love the bears here in this price range. Like what would this spread been before the year started? Like eight and a half, 10, some, some like, some like that. So I know Chicago hasn't looked good and I know it's hard to come back to them after they, fail the way they did last week, but to me it just seems like if you're getting the bad Bears offense, this is the right number, and if they do anything above that expectation, uh, I think you're getting real good value on them. So, and also you factor in, I know Stafford had an illness last week where he was uh, out of practice a little bit, and now he's got some kind of back-slash-hip injury that he says he's going to be good, good to go, but it's a different back-hip issue than he had before, so it just kind of seems like with Stafford, we might not be getting to her yet, and he plays all the time. But it just seems like I have some memories of him playing when he's hobbled, and it's he's just not nearly as good. It just doesn't seem like his throwing is quite as crisp, and he can't move around like at all. And against the, this Bears defense, I just don't really like that combination. So if if the Bears have anything, and maybe they don't, but at three and five, I think they're both these teams are going to be desperate. You got three, four, and one of the Lions, and three and five for the Bears. But I think. The Bears had obviously higher expectations coming into the year, so I think if anything, you're going to get um, you know max motivation from them uh, as much of if not more than the Lions. So I, I like the Bears here. Anything under a field goal, that's kind of the way I would look. All right, under the late games, we have Carolina heading to Green Bay. Now Green Bay is a five five and a half point home favorite here. The total of forty seven. Yeah, my power in here, Green Bay five and a half. Look headline, Green Bay minus seven. Westgate open, Green Bay minus five, and the total you're open 48. Um, yeah, I don't know. This, this one's pretty easy for me, I guess. A pretty easy pass. I just don't have a whole lot of opinion here. I think, uh, 
obviously just look at the look at line. It was kind of it was seven, and then they kind of took a pop, went down to six and a half, then got back bought back up to six and a half minus one twenty. And again, this is all at the look at before the the Sunday night game was played for for both these teams. But um, I mean, look, I mean, just yeah, just look at it. you're just paying paying a little bit of an adjustment here and. I had money uh, against the Packers last week as well as on Carolina. So I guess for me, maybe those those results didn't really shock me, I guess. So I'm not going to make a huge adjustment for either of these two teams. But, um, I just, you know, you're, you're going to you know pay a little bit more of a premium this week here on Carolina. You're going to be losing a little bit of point of value, which doesn't mean you can't back them, um, which is probably the only way I look, I guess, at this number would be looking at Carolina. But I just don't feel like uh, it, it's enough points here uh, for me. I, I think you need more. I think this, uh, especially Green Bay being at home, um, but yeah, that, that Green Bay defense, I think, is definitely something that can be taken advantage of. So I'll be, I'll be interested to see how Carolina fares against this defense, if they can put up quite a bit of points or not. Um, I, I'm not, I guess that'd be my question mark here. And, uh, I think Green Bay's offense will be able to get back on track here. So, um, yeah, to me, I think, uh, you know, I guess look at Carolina if anything else. But yeah, for, for, for the most part, this is one of the, the games on the card that's pretty much easiest to pass for me. Yeah, I, I like Carolina. I just think Green Bay is still overrated. I don't think. I don't think this number's way out of whack with where it should be, but to me this just feels like Green Bay, if they do win, isn't going to win by a margin. I just don't trust Green Bay's defense whatsoever, and I don't think Carolina's offense is spectacular, but I do think they have a pretty solid defense. So maybe Green Bay's offense gets back on track, but their their offense really has been pretty hit or miss this year. They had that real good stretch for a few weeks, but they've also looked pretty shaky last week, and they looked shaky earlier in the year. So it is, I think, a pretty decent Green Bay spot because you do get them off a loss, coming home, looking to bounce back, and then you got the Panthers off a win. But even though they, we thought it was fairly convincing watching it, they only, you know, it wasn't like a uh, absolute blowout where they were, you know, feel, you know, feeling spectacular about themselves and all cocky about it and whatnot. But at the same time, they just kind of were coasting through the motions and have to expend a lot of energy. So. I don't think it's quite as bad a spot as you might think at just at first glance for Carolina. And I just don't think the Packers are are really that great of a team. I think these teams are pretty similar. And so you're talking about in a five, five and a half point spread range. Yeah, even if you give the Packers a little bit extra than the three for home field and three and a half. You know, some people say four, I guess, maybe. But even then, I still think you're getting a little bit of value on Carolina here. And I uh, just think... The Packers can't stop the run whatsoever, and that's the one part of the Carolina offense, obviously, that's super effective with McCaffrey. So, to me, this isn't a great matchup at all for Green Bay. And if their defense can contain Rodgers, you know, halfway decently, and obviously get their ground game going, I just think Carolina is going to be competitive in this game for sure. And and uh, I think it should be kind of a coin flip game almost. And and uh, you know, I just I don't know. I don't. I just don't see. Green Bay blowing them out here, so I, I like Carolina quite a bit. Next late game, we got Miami heading to Indianapolis. Uh, I'm not sure the status of Jacoby Brissett. I know they said he practiced and it was a good sign, but uh, I think he's still listed as questionable. Uh, but we got Indianapolis, uh, 10.5 point home favorite here, host of Miami with a total of 44. In my power rating here, Indianapolis minus 11.5. Look headline, Indy minus 15.5. Westgate opened Indy minus 13, and the total here opened 44. So, yeah, obviously a big adjustment here. A little bit to do with that Indy, Indianapolis quarterback, obviously, between Brissett to Hoyer, which I think is uh, definitely a downgrade. I don't know how much. Maybe, you know, 
two, two and a half points, I guess I'd say myself, but, uh, pretty costly their interception. Uh, that, that was very frustrating when they're going in to score basically to almost seal that game in the, was that close to the first half or start of the second quarter or third quarter? I forgot what it was, but when they threw that 96 yard pick six when they were about to go in and score and it was a huge difference in the game against Pittsburgh last week. So that was a huge mistake for, from Hoyer's perspective. And that's what I definitely worried about. And I did say that uh, when we're watching the game of, I don't know how much you could trust him, especially when you look at Brissett being one of the best ball protectors in the league from a quarterback perspective, doesn't make, you know, doesn't have any turnovers and doesn't make any errant throws uh, or very little. So that's definitely a concern, I think, for Indy. Um, but obviously you're going to be paying uh, one of the worst teams in the league here in Miami. And I don't know. I've been on Miami here the last several weeks. Um, I guess not last week. I guess I leaned that way, but I didn't ever bet it. But for the most part, I've looked at Miami, even either looked at that way or actually did bet on them in the last three, four weeks here once Fitzpatrick's been playing. And it's been right pretty much every time. But you look at the Marcus now making a five-point adjustment from the look headline after, like I said, I think Indy's loss there was super phony, and they pretty much dominated that game against Pittsburgh. And like I said, there's definitely a downgrade between the two quarterbacks, and that has something to do with the line move too. And, and then you add in the fact that there's not a whole lot of key numbers. But I don't know, at some point you're, you're just not getting value, I think, in Miami. But, like, again, I think this I, – I mean, I, I just really know I can lay this many points with Indy. So, I mean, the only way I could look again would be Miami, but this is just not – uh, one I'm super excited to get involved with just in the situation here after Miami's coming off that big win uh, against a divisional opponent at home. And, you know, just really not a good spot for Miami. And I get it, you're still getting a lot of points. But uh, this just seems like – I won't be shocked here if this is just an absolute blowout either. So, um, yeah, lean Miami, I guess, but just a game I'm not really too excited about. Yeah, Andy's definitely not a team, like I mentioned, I think, last week where almost all their games have been real close, no matter if they've been against good teams, bad teams, whatever. They just – they don't get blown out, but they don't really blow people out either. So, and last week's not a perfect example of that. I mean, their their games are crazy here. It's just two points, two points, seven, six, seven, three, two, six all year long. So now you're basically asking them to, to win by, you know, eleven or more here. So it'd be four more points than any result. And it's like, yeah, it is Miami, but they have been more competitive here the last handful of weeks. But I think. You, like you mentioned, the, the big question is here is how does Miami handle prosperity? Are they gonna, are they gonna, was that their, like their Super Bowl last week and they're just pumped that they got the, the one win in and, and, uh, they're just gonna be kind of fat and happy here, which sounds ridiculous, but, uh, what a lot of people were saying, you know, they had a bunch of props, are they gonna win a game this year? And a lot of people were saying no, so maybe they are kind of a little satisfied, but I, I, that's the only way I can look too. I just don't see how you can lay this kind of, this kind of price with Indy. And that's even with Brissett healthy. Uh, I just don't think they're a team you really want to be laying double digits with by, against anybody. And then if he's not healthy, then you're really, really got a bad time of it with, with Hoyer at the helm. So I'd, I definitely lean Miami too, but probably, uh, enough question of how they're going to come out to a point where I'm probably going to stay away from this one. But I think this is an opportunity you either bet some in game or bet some second half if Miami Comes out a little, little rusty or, you know, doesn't, uh, he's kind of like walking through the motions a little bit early. Uh, I mean, Miami is. And then all of a sudden they kind of start to, you know, Fitzpatrick starts making some throws and they look a little bit frisky again. I think that there could be a little bit of value on them playing the second half, uh, in this type of game. But from a, from a pregame deal, I don't really have much opinion. Just, just lean to Miami. All right. Last late game, we got the Rams heading to Pittsburgh. Uh, Rams laying three and a half here on the road with a total of 44. I guess real quick, I didn't, uh, did you mention about the flex, uh, that Carolina Green Bay game? 
uh, the Carolina Green Bay game to to, to four twenty five. Yeah, yeah. I just said that was one of the late games. I mentioned that it got flashed, oh, okay. but all right. Yeah. Anyway, I just want, I wasn't sure. I just want to make sure. Um, just getting over my schedule here, but um, yeah. So this game here, Rams at Pittsburgh that we're on. So yeah, uh, power rating here, Rams minus one and a half. Look headline, Rams minus three and a half. The Westgate open, Rams minus four, and the total here open forty four and a half. Um. Yeah, I was I was I was kind of surprised. You know, we talked about this uh, whenever it was last night, night before. All the days kind of run together for me, but uh, just it didn't really make sense, and it still doesn't. And I, I mean, you're seeing a little bit of money here on Pittsburgh uh, early, but it just didn't make a whole lot of sense when this game last week, similar situation, Indianapolis coming to Pittsburgh, and Indy was a small favorite, or Pittsburgh was a small favorite than Indy, and then Pittsburgh. Uh, but they end up going off about one and a half, I think, consensus. Pittsburgh laying one and a half, and now you see the Rams coming, and you know they were four and now three and a half. But it just to me, it doesn't. I don't think there's that big of a difference in in, in Indianapolis and the Rams. It's just, uh, and I get Rams are coming off the bye, um, but it just it, does, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So I, I, this game, I was hoping to come in and bet uh, the Rams. I was hoping to be under a field goal, and I thought I had a really good chance of doing that. Uh, based off of last week's number against the Colts, but the fact that it opened at four or three and a half, it just to, to me, it's uh, I don't know. I guess it comes down to a question of value um, for the Rams so to the point where I'm not going to be able to back them. I mean, anything above three on the Rams, I just don't like. So I mean, uh, the only way I could look here would be the uh, catching the points with Pittsburgh at home. But just you know, again, a bet that I really don't like, and I won't won't be eager to bet. But I mean, just from a value perspective, that's the only way I could look. I mean. Over a field goal, it just uh, like I said, I think that's where the value lies here. Uh, this Rams team, I just think is uh, there's still a question mark, and like I said, I just don't really trust them laying more than a field goal on the road. It's as simple as that. And uh, like I said, I, I was hoping to bet this team when on the road here this week at less than three, but I didn't get that number, so you guys be disciplined, not bet it. So I'm just yeah, like I said, I'll look at Pittsburgh or pass. Yeah, I know we disagreed about this the other night. I I don't think that I don't know if it's quite. The full adjustment is warranted from Indy to the Rams here, but I do think that I think the Rams are kind of getting a little bit of the benefit of like their preseason, uh, you know, what, what they were supposed to be because they, they have shown flashes of it. They've also been pretty poor in a few games, but I mean, their three losses are that Bucks and that weird shootout game, in which the Bucks can be really good at times, as we know, and then the Seattle game where they should have won at Seattle if they would have made the forty-some yard field goal. And then the Niners game, they got absolutely dominated. There's no nothing you can say about that. That was just a, a poor performance uh, that we've. I know we both like the Rams in that one. Other than that, they're not like they have a bunch of great wins. They had the Saints uh, when when uh, Breeze went down during the mid game, and then the Panthers when Cam Newton was in there. So it's not like they have any like great wins, but especially you got uh, McVay coming off a bye, who's been spectacular in that in that spot. I just think. If you put this team up against that indie team and people have some of the expectations that they had come into the season with that schedule that they've done so far, I don't think there's anything that's super alarming. Um, I mean, their defense has just been really good. They're ranked fourth in DVOA. It's just their offense is ranked 18th. And I think the prevailing wisdom is Goff's not great, but I think they have enough weapons and people trust McVay enough where the offense will get it figured out at least somewhat here. Uh, going forward, especially the extra time to prepare. And I just thought Rudolph looked just hideous last game. So I think, I think you very easily could have downgraded Pittsburgh, even though they won that game. Cause I mean, I, 
haven't I haven't really been high on Pittsburgh by any means the last handful of weeks, but I think it's becoming more and more clear that Rudolph's just not any good, and I'd much much rather bet against him than bet on him. So I don't know if I'm necessarily going to get to the window laying three and a half here on the road with the Rams because I don't really trust Goff either. But I that's the only way I would look. I, I think it's a real good chance that the Rams win this game. So that's uh that's the side I would choose if I had to go one way or the other. Sunday night we got the Vikings heading to Dallas. Cowboys three point home favorites here on Sunday night with a total of forty seven and a half. Um yeah, my power rain here, Dallas minus three. Look at line Dallas three. Opener at Westgate, Dallas three. And the total you're open forty seven. Um yeah, I, I this one I just don't have much opinion at all. I, I think this is out of any game on the board actually probably the easiest pass for me. I just I put this game right at three and like I said, everything's three across the board. Um so yeah, if, if it does waver off the three, I guess uh, if it goes below that two and a half, I look at Dallas, and if I get a three and a half, I look at Minnesota. I think to me it's that simple. So yeah, right now where the number is, I'm just gonna pass. And obviously, I'm sure the biggest thing people are gonna be talking about is Kirk Cousins in a primetime game at this late, uh, you know, Sunday night. So I think that's uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, that's definitely a little bit of a concern. But yeah, obviously from a fan perspective, this will be really a big game for Minnesota and a game that we're especially after that game that we somehow lost last week against Kansas City, a game that we're really going to need. Uh, this Dallas, especially as this NFC East gets more competitive with Philadelphia on the on the helm and, and the Minnesota with, with Green Bay. So it's, yeah, every game is going to be super important, especially these games that are going to be teams that could potentially push you out of the playoffs with, you know, the tie, the tiebreaker. So, um, yeah, but as from a handicap for this game, I don't, I don't really see any way to get at this game, to be honest. So, so to me, that's all I do is right now on a Wednesday, I'm going to pass. But, um, like I said, I think maybe earlier in the season, it was the last year about how if you're passing on the game or don't like a game based on where the number is, you just kind of wait for some line move. You never know. The total might move a lot or the, the points where it might get, uh, whack, moved a little bit and whacked up. So that's something you kind of just got to wait and see if that does happen, and then kind of just fade the move. Uh, me personally. Yeah, I was definitely excited to take the Vikings here because I thought there'd be, enough negative sentiment off their lackluster performance at Kansas City combined with the Cowboys who started off a little sluggish on Monday night but then came back and thoroughly destroyed the Cowboys. I thought that I was hoping that it was going to, and then, you know, just the fact that the Cowboys are such a public team in general, I, I thought for sure this was going to come over three and then I was going to take the Vikes. But the fact, the fact is at three, I totally agree with you. I just don't think, I don't think there's enough value there and, I, yeah, if it gets below three, I think you could absolutely make a case for the Cowboys because I think the Vikings are a little bit of a hit or miss team, but I think they're fairly consistent in what you get with them for the most part. Whereas the Cowboys, to me, are kind of—I'm not really totally sure what to make of them yet. I mean, pretty much other than that Eagles game, where they look super impressive. Every good to average team they played, they've kind of struggled against or or got beaten fairly soundly by, and then. Their wins are against the Giants twice, that Eagles team, the Dolphins, and the Skins. So they've just beat up on a lot of really bad teams. So I really, really don't know what to make of the Cowboys here. Uh, you know, are they good? Are they okay? Are they just below average but have an inflated record? I could see any of those being the case. So I tend to lean towards the Vikings, but I just don't think there's enough at three here to, to pull the trigger. So I agree. Hopefully the, the Cowboys' publicness will will come in here as, as you get up to Sunday night, and hopefully that number creeps up a little bit. But uh, if it stays at three, it'll probably be a pass for me as well. All right, sun, or, uh, Monday night, great NFC West battle here. we got Seattle heading to San Francisco. 
Uh, San Francisco, a six, six and a half point home favorite here. The total of 46, 46 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, San Francisco minus seven and a half. Look headline, San Francisco minus five and a half. Westgate open San Francisco six and the total here open 45. You know, a lot of movement on this total over. Um, kind of, kind of surprised me, I guess. I guess that's where I'll start here with the handicap. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure I necessarily agree with this money on the over. Personally, I think uh, if I had bet the, the total, I'd look at the under. It just seems to me, uh, you know, divisional game, prime time, with the San Francisco defense that I think has proven to be better over the long haul this season, uh, the long stretch of the season, more than their offense. So, yeah, granted, I get it. San Francisco Garoppolo looked really good uh, last week and put out some points. But again, part you know part of the handicap, I already have I'm already have a play on that total over in that Arizona game this week, and I think a lot has to do with that defense. So, I. Uh, I think Garoppolo is definitely the biggest question mark on this team, and uh, I think he might struggle here a little bit. And I, I get it; Seattle's defense is pretty down too. Maybe that's where some of the money's coming in on is, is the, the lack of support for the Seattle's defense. And I, and I get that, and um, I'm, I'm not. I, don't, I know they're not as good as that they, they once were, but I think uh, I think Garoppolo is definitely gonna have a little bit of trouble here as opposed to uh, last week. So, um, with that being said, San Francisco's coming off with extra time to prepare, and obviously the Thursday night game, but it just seems to me. Um, yeah, maybe look under. Then from a side perspective, it's, uh, you know, a lot of points. I know a lot of people are going to say, yeah, I got Wilson with Seattle and a lot of points, but a power rate numbers look to the San Francisco side. And I mean, that's the only way I could probably bet this game. I think at the current price is just, uh, you know, looking at the San Francisco side. To me, it's just kind of hard to get there because there's a lot of points, uh, lane six here. Um, it, it's just, it comes down to, again, I just don't really think you're getting a whole lot of value, but I just have a feeling or just kind of have a, a lean to the San Francisco side, I guess. So. Yeah, I think like you said, this will be a really good game, primetime. So I think this, from a viewership perspective, there's a lot of good games here, specifically in the primetime games. But then we have a few other, you know, decent games sprinkled in in the in the in the normal slate. So yeah, uh, we're really interested to to watch some of these games and hopefully make some money this weekend. But yeah, for this game my, myself, I'm not gonna just have a small lean to San Francisco, I guess. I think that over money is just solely a Seahawks just being a dead nut over team. I mean, you look at their game scores and they're all like a lot of them are up there and the like last week they scored 74 and then other than that it's basically high 40s 50s for basically all their games and you look at the DVOA difference you got the they're the the third ranked offense and the 27th ranked defense so when you talk about the the differential there but from offense to defense you got them and Oakland are by far the two most dead nut over teams with well, 24 spot difference between their offense to their defense and then next is the Chargers at 17. So um and you got San Francisco who uh, you know they're the 12th ranked offense according to DVOA but they do have a second ranked defense so I think that's the only the only really case you can make against the over is San Francisco defense has been pretty incredible and they've they've bottled people up pretty good for the most part. I mean, other than other than last week where they did give up 25 to the Cardinals, but like I mentioned earlier when I was talking about the Cardinals, I think that was kind of a, a strange game more than anything. I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in that. So basically what it comes to me is I, I actually like San Francisco quite a bit based on, on those factors and just the fact that I just think Seattle's been overrated for a while. I bet against them last week. I uh, should have cashed, cashed on the Bucks, you know, for sure on the side and maybe on the money line. And didn't quite get there, but I I just think Seattle's pretty fugazi here. I'm not not a believer, and uh, really, I mean, 
their their best win is the Rams in a game they should have lost. And other than that, their best win is either at the Browns in a game that they very easily could have lost, or that Bucks game last week that they could have lost, or I guess at the Steelers when Big Ben went down. So I just haven't been impressed whatsoever with Seattle's uh, you know resume here and what they've what they've been about. So to me, this is a thing where I feel like you could tease or money line parlay the Niners with a few games that you like on the Sunday slate. And then if you do do well on those, you come back if you really wanted to and try to take some Seattle plus six to get a little middle in on Monday night. But I think there's a, I think there's a real good chance here. The Niners win this with extra time to prepare. Uh, I like Shanahan better than Carroll. And I just think the fact that they've kind of been, uh, you know, the little brother here in the division the last couple of years and Seattle's been, Pretty successful along with the Rams here. I think San Francisco is going to be extra motivated to show that their the uh, their eight no record isn't phony and and that they're they're legit here and it's their division to win. So I think from basically a lot of different factors, I uh, I love San Francisco here and and I uh, think they're worthy of a bet with the spread. But like I said, uh, even more so like them in moneyline parlays and, and teasers. All right, they'll do it. That. Uh... That's all the Week 10 games, so let's wrap up the pod here and finish it up when do our Picks of the Week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so last week, um, first win either of us had in a while. It was a pretty, pretty bad stretch, but I had the over in that Detroit-Oakland uh, game. at over 50, and I had 55, and then you had the Bears that were covering until that Philly field goal late, so... That drops you to three and five on the year, and I get back to four and four, and I take the T box back. So, um, which way do I want to go here? This, there's a handful of games I like this week. Um, hmm. I, I said I like Chicago, like Carolina, kind of like Atlanta a little bit. Um, like Tampa. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick. Uh, I'm gonna go with Carolina. I think there's five. I see some five and a half, but I think five is probably the prevailing number. So I'll, I'll take Carolina plus five as my pick of the week. What uh, What are you looking at? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and play that total Arizona Tampa Bay over. I just uh, I, I like that. Like I said, I too bad we didn't record uh, yesterday. Would have been got an extra point of value, but oh well. I think 52 probably the prevailing number here. So. I'll take up and over 52 for my best, uh, or sorry, for my pick of the week. All right, I like it. Let's do it. Any any other concluding thoughts here on the week 10 pod? Yeah, like I like I said in the in, their, in the intro segment, it's just uh, you know pretty frustrating. I think uh, and disappointing to say the least uh, from last week. I feel like the couple weeks before that, I was kind of more you know not not really in the right ballpark, didn't really have a good feel. But I think last week, I think. Even though the results didn't get there, I definitely felt like uh, my process was right, and I had a lot of right sides and the right right feel for the games. So hopefully, this week we'll have kind of a similar sentiment, except for we'll get some uh, winners to the to the window to cash. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of an interesting slate of games here. There's a few duds, but I think a lot of ones that are just kind of weird matches, like even like that Buffalo Cleveland game. It's just kind of will be interesting, I think, to watch uh, from a from a viewership perspective. We've got Real good primetime games here. The Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night are all real good games. So should be a fun weekend. Uh, I know I'm I'm getting LASIK on Friday, so I'll be uh, posted up and kind of recuperating and 
watching all the games I can here. And, and then uh, also, I know this is the NFL, but with the, the Gophers in college, as uh, as Gopher fans, it's probably the biggest game they've had in you know, half a century. So excited to row the boat there on Saturday and uh, hopefully get back-to-back wins with the Minnesota teams on, on Saturday and Sunday in some pivotal spots here. So great time of year, uh, super fun as we're heading, uh, getting into the second half of the season here and, and, uh, college football is getting closer to winding down too. So fun time. Uh, best of luck, everybody, uh, the week 10 bets and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Aron sports podcast. Check out aronsports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.